0: This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 30th of May 2023 at home in Wicklow. And it is an episode in which I talk about process as opposed to endpoint. Yes, the journey as opposed to the destination. Not for the first time, I also look at response versus reaction and i talk a little bit about the the value of examining and reassessing and checking one's responses and i look at the the value uh, the benefits of changing patterns um yeah so there's that that takes up about the first half of the episode um, i open I open with buttercups, so you'll have to you have to you know check out the start of the episode to get that um, and then I speak about a a book I finished James Elroy's American tabloid. I talk about a TV show I finished watching a TV series Succession. I know I won't be the only person talking about Succession and that will be spoiler-free in case you're worried. Um, and I also talk about a movie that I just went to see with my daughter, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret, which is based on the 1970 Judy Bloom novel of the same name, which is... Uh, which is I've been led to believe uh, a staple of the American canon for uh, the adolescent or the pre-adolescent reader so um, yeah so there you go so um, that's it that's what's um, that's what's in the mix today and uh, I hope you enjoy what you hear okay I'll see you around the corner cheers not gonna change my mind living the dream My name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome. I hope this moment finds you well. Did I tell you about the buttercups? So in the field at the back of our home here in Hashtag Blessed, there is an abundance currently of buttercups. Buttercups and because we've been enjoying a particularly lovely spell of weather over the last couple of weeks the buttercups are particularly lovely they are resplendent or maybe resplendent is not quite the right word but they really are beautiful and last week I was throwing a toy for pepper the puppy and she bounded up the steps from the lower garden across the (laughs) the uh what i call the mezzanine the upper garden and through the fence not over the fence not under the fence but through the fence the top two uh fence cross pieces and just bounded across the field silky, shiny, effortless and the just that sight of her running across the field to get her toy with towering pine trees at the back of the field underneath a beautiful blue sky, sun beaming down and tall yellow buttercups everywhere in the field like these beautiful yellow dots across the grass it was just a perfect moment <laughs> that, was, that was this day last week and I forgot to mention the buttercups last week I was so taken with them yes, very unimaginatively I took photographs of them and put them on Instagram that's right I am the same as every other moron out there. (laughs) Isn't that pretty? Snap. Instagram. Isn't this pretty? And then wait. Wait for the love. The affirmation of what you, you know, of of your opinion of what pretty is to come back. Um, Anyway, the buttercups. They're still there. And there's also clover in the field. See those little purple flowers. Um... From, from from the clover, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's just that the vibrancy of the colour is what I find so beguiling. And uh, I was somewhere today, and there were several foxgloves. Just these stems of te- you know of, of of foxgloves again, beautiful, just in amazingly great shape and absolutely iridescent in the in the bright sunlight and again i got my stupid phone out and took some stupid photos and i've yet to put them on instagram but i will (laughs) because i want to share i want to share the foxgloves and you know there's a thing you can do with fox Fox foxgloves are poisonous i've been told all my life um but they are actually lovely foxgloves and you know there's a thing you can do with them if you pinch off the foxglove flower from the base of the petals and just remove it from the stem and i I never feel too bad about this like from the stalk or the stem because there's usually a load of foxgloves on it and you just pinch it at the bottom and what you're looking for you don't want the 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 end of the flower to be open you want it to be closed over what you can do is you can just give it a little jab sort of perpendicular to the palm of your hand and you get a lovely little snap a little pop and um, there you go (laughs) that's something you can try the next time you see foxgloves because we used to do that as kids I always thought it was very cool and I can't stop myself when I see foxgloves particularly when there's a load of them and I did two or three today and they all popped or snapped beautifully is very satisfying and i always tell myself when i do something like that and this is what i remember from my school days that i'm actually helping to to pollinate <laughs> because i'm spreading the flowers around and the pollen that's in the flowers yeah so there you go buttercup butter cl- buttercups, butter buttercups and foxgloves good words aren't they buttercup and foxglove it's like the name of little fairies or something or little woodland little woodland herbivores little woodland rodents marvellous here come here come foxglove and buttercup jesus I wonder what they're going to be banging on about now oh we just found some berries they were really delicious we took some photos and put them up on instagram did you yeah yeah it was great they're so pretty is that right yeah yeah okay there you go so here we are again another another attempt (laughs) another attempt at uh at engaging in the moment another attempt at reflection another attempt at bouncing some ideas around that might somehow constellate into an approximation of something that might resemble something adjacent to wellness. <laughs> that's the general that's the general thrust of what I do here. That's the general aspiration. I had I I, I, I sometimes forget why I started this. And I think maybe I did mention it recently, but it was quite motivated by the pandemic it was quite motivated by the idea that a lot of people were getting battered by the pandemic a lot of people were just getting emotionally and psychologically crushed by the pandemic um, without necessarily contracting covid but the the restrictions of movement the restrictions of socialization the the working restrictions the intermingling restrictions the general feeling of a a large hand closing round our existence it was it was overwhelming uh, for, for 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 many people um, we my wife and i our, our daughter we, we found ourselves in in the unusual circumstances of our unusual circumstance of having just moved back to Ireland after 10 years away and uh, we moved about a month after the the pandemic went large um arriving home in April 2020 and one of the reasons we moved home was to come back and sort of reconnect and re kind of re plug in to our old network of friends and family and colleagues in the sort of in the arts and just to kind of bring our daughter back into that as well uh, was definitely part of our motivation for wanting to come back to Ireland and um the pandemic deprived us of that but we found ourselves in, in a pretty good place nonetheless. Uh, I spoke last week about the the idea of safety um, as it related to environment uh, the physical spaces we find ourselves living in occupying dwelling in living our lives in and um, yeah we we've had we've had a pretty good run of luck in that regard and um, certainly I, I never lose sight of that fact um, yeah yeah. But I'm not sure where I was going with that. Where was I going with that? Why was I talking about coming back, connecting? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. (laughs) The podcast. So I just had this sense that there was going to be a need, a need out there in the world, a need for a bit of positivity. (laughs) a bit of positive reinforcement um and the offering of a safe space so i suppose i'm extending the theme from last week and that really was the 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 final driver behind actually just going with the podcast and going let's get up and running um And of course it was an evolution from the blog that I'd written for whatever, eight years or so before I started the podcast, where I was writing posts about emotional and psychological well-being via personal storytelling, testimony, confessional writing um, and other things, you know, vaguely philosophical, psychological, political, uh, sociological, whatever, in that kind of territory. And that's what this has uh, continued to be, except in in this form, this audio format. And no matter my other intentions or aspirations for the podcast, namely moving to video and having more interviews, um, uh, you know, life, <laughs> the busyness of life, it just seems to keep nudging me back to, Finding this solitary window once a week to sit down and stick my gob in front of the mic, and just talk by myself, which selfishly I find, I, 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 if I say therapeutic, it's probably overstating it, but it is. it it, it, it it's ritualistic, it's 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 become ritualistic, and I do have a lot of faith in in rituals and routines and regimens and putting things in place that I have faith in, that I trust, that I recognize as being of use to me. Um, And that's not making any claim of worth or... Or value beyond that. Um, but. I really do. I really do get. <laughs> I really do get something from doing this. Um, and maybe it's just. Maybe it's just. Astonishingly. Egotistic. Like maybe it's just me going. Oh, isn't this wonderful to spend time with myself. <laughs> and listen. To my own voice which is what I do when I record. I've got the the headphones on and I entertain this game of make-believe where as I record this, I imagine I'm talking to you, the listener, the solitary listener. And it is the solitary listener always because unless you're doing this as a group activity why don't we sit down and listen to this man who records a podcast once a week at his home in Wicklow in Ireland and shares his thoughts and his feelings on all kinds of things will we do that guys uh no so it won't be a group activity so it is the solitary listener even though I know more than one person will listen to this but I play this game where I'm talking to you and that's a very intimate thing and I think that's the appeal of many, many podcasts. Well, I'm sorry, I should clarify, particularly solo podcasts with the solo speaker, the solo presenter where you get that one voice in your ears um, because it's a different thing when you're listening to a conversation between two, three, four um, speakers. You're invited into a different dynamic and i enjoy i've enjoyed the few interviews i've done but uh, i continue to allow myself to be a little bit stymied by my technological uh, technical and yeah technical and technological limitations and i just haven't carved out the time to educate myself and step up and i've no shortage of guinea pigs i've got friends who are like would be happy to be to be interviewed um I mean in fact apart from Ashleen Cregan who I interviewed around this time last year, a bit earlier than this um, last year uh, when I interviewed her about her brilliant book I Am Someone Um, otherwise everyone I've had on the show is someone I know personally, a friend or if not a friend a wife, my wife which was the last interview I did um, in in, in January I think that was but um, yeah the i was thinking about i wasn't thinking about this podcast specifically earlier but i was i was thinking about the idea of of how we're motivated or how we're oriented and what gives us a sense of of purpose a sense of drive um and I was kind of recognising in myself earlier that I really, I'm really not. <laughs> and this really, this really ties in very well with my general philosophy of celebrating anonymity and mediocrity and underachievement and sort of um, lo-fi normalcy. I'm not really goal-oriented. I'm not really achievement oriented now i'm looking at that statement and i i recognize that it might sound a bit disingenuous i i do get a bit motivated by numbers (laughs) i'm like oh look it's episode 106 how exciting um and i see that as a demonstration to myself of a demonstration of discipline a demonstration of consistency a, uh, a demonstration of being able to stick to something and I value that um, because I suppose what I project into that is a sort of a, a stability and a reliability and these are things I, I value in, in people these are things I value in myself um, and I know that that i know that that comes from i know that that comes from childhood <laughs> i know that comes from you know disappointment in 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 certain relationships within my family certain other relationships and feeling disappointed or let down or oh i can't actually really, i can't trust that person they're not dependable um so again this does this is a bit of a callback to last week's episode looking at the idea of interpersonal safety the safety of relationships and i did get burned uh, in the last few days i got a little snap back from someone very close to me um, and i was like okay i've experienced that before and it's um i don't i don't take that stuff lightly i don't take it lightly it it doesn't just bounce off me you know it hits me in a very particular place and i don't like it um and it, it it undermines the it undermines my faith and my confidence in in a relationship when that happens um and i you know i check myself i check myself and go hold on a second are you just being oversensitive are are you are you are you not are you know can you not withstand that are you not a bit more resilient than that at this stage of your life um no (laughs) no i'm not it depends where it comes from this is the point it depends where it comes from and when you get that that experience coming from Someone you love it's um I don't care for it it's not it's not my it's not my concept of of love within any relationship you know romantic or otherwise um, but you know I'm trying to look at that i mean maybe maybe I need to sort of renegotiate my comfort with other people's anger. I don't know and it's not to be it's not to be too um, what's the word I'm looking for um, too too sort of concessionary too willing to make concessions too willing to accommodate or absorb or make more room or give away room I had for myself for someone else's stuff it's not about that but it's about being willing to to look at to look at my own thinking because if I'm finding I have the same reaction to certain um, certain Stimuli, certain provocations, certain situations, and the reaction I'm having is not one I would like. Of course, I can, you know, we're all. I think I think like anybody else. The first thing I do is you look at well, what's what's actually unfolded un, unfolded here? What's actually happened? Why did the you know why did this thing come to pass? And I can look at the other party involved and going and go, okay where's that coming from and that'll help part that'll partly help the the understanding but that's only one part of the equation it's only one part of the the frame uh one part of the of the dynamic and i think it's if you're truly interested in in understanding yourself um, it's worth checking your own responses and checking whether and I'm sure I've spoken about this before but checking whether they're still serving you so when I find myself in, in a situation where I'm a bit rattled Or triggered, or upset. Um, It is. I find it easy to go. I know why I'm upset. (laughs) I know who's annoyed me or what's annoyed me. But I think I'm more. I'm, I'm. I'm becoming more interested in examining if examining my own reaction, my own response. Um, and and I have previously. Often made a distinction between reaction and response, arguing that to respond uh, has more agency in it than reaction. React, reacting can be more reflexive, and res, you know, responding can be more thoughtful, more considered, um, more, and have more kind of control in it. But those, you know, both of those things can be examined, and. I think it's worth looking at okay this is the frame I've been using this is this is my my normal response or this is the normal formula I use to process this kind of situation but is that still serving me can it be reassessed can I can I sort of water test it and see does this still work for me because I think there's potential for growth there i think there's potential for um opening a new path that gives gives me you know in this situation gives me more more power for myself not more power over the other person but more power for myself and more um more options in terms of how i might choose to respond because if i just repeat the same reaction the same response then there's no change there's no change to the pattern there's no change to the cycle and i mean i've had that belief for a long time that if within within a relationship um you know if there's a a pattern that's that you know that continues to hit the same flashpoints the same obstacles um you know we can often fall into this into you know into the position of blaming the other part the other party and expecting them to change or waiting for them to change or hoping that they'll change um and not looking at ourselves and thinking well hold on a second what what am I doing here to help affect change what can I do that would actually actually create an actual change in the pattern because when the pattern changes then the other party will come round to the part come round to that stage of the previous pattern that where there's normally a flashpoint, and go oh they're not there <laughs> and therefore they have to change the pattern as well because there's nothing for them to to butt up against there's 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 no there's no conflict and they have to find a new path so um so yeah so there you go <laughs> there i go um yeah so how that connects to what i was previously talking about i I can't remember the reason i can't remember is because you probably won't uh be aware because i've had to pause the recording a couple of times so i was getting really unpleasant interference on the track uh which when i played it back i realized was getting picked up and recorded so it would have been unpleasant for you as well so i've had about two or three interruptions um over the last little while and i've had to pause and come back and pause and come back and delete some track and try and drop in um so my i felt i was on quite a nice flow before and that is no longer the case but so be it it is what it is Um, I know there are other things I wanted to talk about I will try to conclude that point this idea of not being goal oriented not being achievement oriented and I'll just hit you with the the cliche of it's not the destination it's the journey and i'm using that annoying voice to sort of patronize that that um cliche um because sometimes these things are thrown out (laughs) like they're a great pearl of wisdom um and they just sound empty and naff um and that's why i i don't like them but I am going to essentially say the same thing. <laughs> the, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. The um the see instead of saying the journey, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a different phrase or a different word, and that's that you know the process and that that is really where I try to live is with the process and the process implies perhaps an end point. You know, what's the process? By what process do we achieve this aim? By what process do we get to where we need to get? Um, and for me, the process is connected to staying in touch with beliefs and staying in touch with a personal philosophy um, and I'd argue that anyone can obviously interpret that their own way. Anyone can create their own sort of touchstones, their own system of of pathfinding, their own system of stabilization. If that's what you want, I mean, I'm not making any assumptions here that everybody wants stability. Um, and my kind of stability. is is not the kind of stability that my my wife craves Um, because my wife (laughs) and and you'll know if if you've been listening if you're listening to last week's episode I, I did say that when I refer to my wife as my wife I'm usually going to raise an area of conflict between us when I speak about my wife and it's a nice something nice and harmonious and something good I usually call her by her name Chiara (laughs) but I was about to say my my wife's um, the stability that my wife craves is is economic stability and I crave the I I crave internal (laughs) stability the kind of emotional and psychological stability that I believe will serve me best to cope with the outside, the external instability. And I'm not saying that I'm right and she's wrong, um, nor that I'm wrong and she's right. It's just, it's a different focus and it's a different, it's a different orientation. And I suppose... would be fair based on that to argue that chiara is more goal oriented than i am and that definitely that definitely leads to uh to tension that definitely leads to conflict in our relationship um but i don't you know when i say that i don't want to i'd be resistant to characterizing myself as unmotivated or or lacking ambition it's just my faith is located in in a completely different area and maybe that's absolutely naive unrealistic uh delusional um somehow um, I, I I don't want to i don't want to over egg this pudding i, I was going to throw in some more sort of damning um indicting uh <laughs> descriptives for myself but um it's just different and i if you, if you go back to what i was saying before about being willing to examine My reactions and responses I have to be willing to examine my faith in the process if it's actually not serving me and us uh, because my relationship my marriage my status as a father a family man that these are things that are very important to me and if if I'm sort of in, if I'm, you know, if I'm sort of ennobling and valorizing and glorifying on some level my process, my personal philosophy, my path, my regimen, um, at the expense of greater functionality um, in the family um, and in my relationship, well then you know then then it's kind of it's 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 fallacious it's um it's not working it's a nonsense because it's not it's not just about me and there's a balance to be struck um i think i think i think i'm not too bad at that balance my i know my wife (laughs) I really feel like I've exposed myself here. Um, I know my wife would take a very different view of that, and um, that's something we continue to um, to uh, to what to negotiate. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a negotiation at all. It's something we continue to avoid talking about. But I mean, that's 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 um, that's a, that's a relationship. Um, and yeah, there, you know, there, there's there's always there's always the the possibility of evolution. Um yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here before I go any further. I've gone I've gone further than I, I thought I would. Um yeah so I don't know. I mean I suppose the what what I tried to say to conclude this um this 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 half of the podcast is think about your process Think about what you've put in place. Do think about the journey um, and how you're spending time with yourself. Now, again, that's not meant to be an exercise in vanity or narcissism uh, or self-indulgence, but it definitely is meant to be connected to self-care, self-regard, Um, self-esteem self-love in in you know in the best possible sense in the sense of nurturing and minding um i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all in fact i think that's really really valuable and to to be able to apportion part of your your energy your mental and emotional energy to to that task of keeping yourself well of being mindful of what works for you and what doesn't work for you I mean it's only to the benefit of everybody else in your life because the more at ease you know we are with ourselves the better we're able to direct our energy outwards um, to, 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 to share with others and i think that is i i believe that's a recipe for some level of happiness anyway and certainly a a level of fulfillment because that uh, that that social connection is really important to to most most humans i believe (laughs) um okay so I'm i'm gonna move on and yeah just move into the the world of um the world of the arts um, in the form of a novel, a TV series and a movie. Um, And this will, this will, this will touch on a couple of things and it'll, it'll, it will um, touch on something I was just talking about in terms of the journey, not the destination um, because I just finished watching Succession. Now, I'm not going to... There will be no spoilers here. Um, I've seen uh, somebody I know throw some stuff up on Twitter and it's it's spoiler-adjacent, if not a spoiler itself. And I'm just like, what the hell? Don't be throwing stuff up like the day after the show or two days after the show's been on. You know, a lot of people need a bit longer than that to, to, to get up to speed. But anyway, grand. Uh, I'll be... I won't be doing any spoilers. But Succession, if you're you're not aware of that series, is about um a media mogul and his grown up children and their their in fighting, their their desperation, their dysfunction, their trauma, their greed, their brokenness, um, and their extraordinary privilege and wealth and venality and immorality. Um and it's it's yeah, it's been a it's been a fascinating um series to watch and does what so many um really well written TV shows do, which is bring you into a world that you're not really familiar with and it doesn't hold your hand. You're just immersed into the milieu and the, the the sort of the language, the lingo, the the sort of the sort of the 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 the, you know, the 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 dressings and the 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 codes of that world, um, and you just you know it, it, it's catch up or die, it's it's keep up or die, um, and yeah, you, you just you, you just have to roll with it. And I think you know there have, been, there have been some great shows that have done that. I think Deadwood was one, the sort of Baroque Western series um, that really I think was extraordinarily well written, um, you know, theatrical and Jacobean almost. in it's you know in 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 the sort of um, the power of its its language, its script, the fearlessness that the kind of dark poetry of the language really excellent and you could argue um, that succession is very much in that territory, in, in a different mode um, but very similar in that kind of immersive um, you know the, the immersiveness of, of what you're dropped into as, as the spectator, as the watcher as the audience member um, and those characters, the characters of succession, are really gloriously unattractive they're They're gloriously um sort of abhorrent, and yet they're gripping, and you want to spend time with them, and that's the journey, isn't it? It's not the destination. It's like, what are they going to do next? what's going to evolve or devolve who's going to do what to whom and how um and yeah it's been it's been quite the ride but really really good and um i don't know i mean do we watch do we watch a show like that and feel feel reassured or do we feel horrified does it make us does it make us fear for the future um does it make us feel superior (laughs) and you know in that regard it's a kind of weird inverted sort of social pornography you know where we're looking down our noses at the extraordinarily wealthy and privileged we're looking down our noses at the one percent look at how unhappy they are Look at how broken and damaged and traumatized they are. Ha ha ha. I'm glad I'm not them. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's if that's, a, if that's another fallacy. Um, but in any case, brilliantly written, brilliantly acted. Um, and I, I mean, does it make me more interested in in... in that sort of high-powered world of massive business deals and media manipulation and and politics and the media influence on who gets to sit in what seat of power. Not really. The, the you know the the world is a very corrupt, venal, place, and desperately ambitious power hungry influential people um, they're not really I don't know they're not really worried about consequences because that's the great that's the great sort of get out of jail uh free card that is being in that kind of one percent that extraordinary privilege that extraordinary remove from you know f- f- from the rest of the world from the rest of society um something that was epitomized at the end of the very first episode i think more than anything else in the whole show where there was a a family a family baseball game and the uh, the son roman so brilliantly played by uh, Karen Colkin. culkin um, it was it was Karen Culkin, isn't it? It's not the other Culkin. <laughs> I know it's not Macaulay, but there's a third Culkin, isn't there? Anyway, the the son Roman offers one of the 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 the, the son of one of the kind of staff members, like well, maybe the groundskeeper, a um, family that appeared to be perhaps Mexican, uh, and he offers the son million dollars if he can like hit a home run or just you know do well in in a a moment of the game and um it's it's extraordinary pressure and the 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 boy fails to to do what he's been asked and this check for a million dollars is kind of ripped up in front of him and it's yeah it's just this very cruel moment of privileged frivolity um, that to me just summed up the entire thing so you had that at the end of the very first episode I was like okay this is this is what we're dealing with here um, and other than that it's just soap opera isn't it it's just soap opera it's 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 families fighting with one another um, which is uh, yeah that is the stuff of soap opera um the book i just finished reading is a book i spoke about ages ago (laughs) and it's not that i'm a really slow reader i just put the book down and didn't come back to it for a long time but i finally finished reading james elroy's american tabloid which i probably started reading a year ago and i'm just i'm asking myself have i read anything in the meantime other than you know sports coverage of my football team, um, and other things of that nature, and, and the answer sadly is probably not. But um, yeah, American tabloid, my goodness, like talking about horrible, horrible characters, and that again was a matter of just enjoying being in the company of really um dark devious immoral characters um men you know close to power men with power and ruthless brutal violent damaged men um and just told, in that classic James Elroy way, just a real no-bullshit writer. Um, you know, brutal and unafraid and uh, gratuitous. And you're just left in no doubt as, you know, as to the, the depths to which people will sink to, to get what they need. To, or even just you know to, you know the depths to which they'll sink as as an expression of of who they are, as an expression of the kind of the human animal that they are. Um, just a great, a, a great, a great creator of characters, James Elroy where you really. Get inside their heads, and walk in their shoes. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant, and all. The, you know that it's like it's 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 six hundred pages. There thereabouts that culminate in the very final moments before the assassination of John F. Kennedy, um, and it's just a brilliant sort of tapestry of of sordid scheming and plotting and ambition and backstabbing um you know that 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 you know in in the various houses of power in america including the you know the cia uh bobby kenny's bobby kennedy's um attorney general um the mafia um the white house obviously yeah really really great stuff Um highly recommend it if you haven't read it but I mean it's I don't know how old that book is is it 20 years old is it as old as that but yeah it packs a punch Um so yeah and again the journey being on the journey with those characters I mean I think that's you know like that's I think that's a very common way to to experience a good book and not wanting a book to end because you're just enjoying being in that world, you're just enjoying being with those characters. And in this case, you know, just like Succession, um, American Tabloid, you're, you're you're with characters that you you're really well. I, I found myself, <laughs> you know, you're repelled by them, but also sort of fascinated by them. And there's that there's that the the, the you know the, the the car crash impulse where you want to crane your head to see the damage and you're waiting to see what sort of a sticky end the characters are going to come to and um, yeah the payoff is uh, yeah it's you know the payoff in in both cases um, kind of tragic and maybe a bit pathetic Um, and certainly I think that was the I think certainly that was going to be the ultimate point of 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 succession, but um, I won't say any more than that the the other thing I took in the movie and this is um yeah this raises a little question for me but my my daughter and I went to see the the film of the Judy Bloom book uh, Are you there God? it's me, Margaret and so I took Maeve to see the movie last Friday night so Ciara was away doing a gig she was doing a Leonard Cohen gig down in uh, down in Waterford and the, the Royal Theatre there um, just on keys and some backing vocals but um, she was away I knew she was going to be away and not home till late and so I thought for a treat Uh, myself and Maeve would go to uh go to the cinema so we did that we went out and we had a a sort of a a diner dinner we went to good old eddie rockets and um indulged ourselves in burgers and fries and shakes and then we went to watch that movie which um i was quite keen to see and it's, it's, it's been on my radar a little bit and in fact uh kay who is i know a regular listener to the podcast and one of uh one of the patrons of the show Kay, um also recommended to me the uh the judy bloom documentary so i can't remember what that's called but there's a documentary about judy bloom the american author and this movie um is the movie based on one of her most popular books uh, of the same title are you there god it's me margaret which is, I suppose, a a coming of age story um, about a a young girl who's just on the cusp of um, adolescence, pubescence and it's her story of anticipating what it's going to be to to get her period um, and at the same time negotiating a move from Um, trendy cool New York to the suburbs of New Jersey and negotiating religious faith um, and kind of the family dynamics Um, grandparents with different aspirations for the spiritual path she'll, she'll follow and working out who her real friends are and what it is to have a little sisterhood of pals um and who you know what way the the ringleader will push them and the little kind of deceits that play out between them um and then the the desperation the absolute (laughs) palpable desperation to to mature to to hit certain watershed moments certain landmarks um to To become in this case to become a young woman um and i thought the movie was brilliant i thought it was absolutely brilliant we really enjoyed it uh, both of us um and we were the only ones in the cinema apart from another parent and child there was a mother and daughter there the daughter was a little bit older than Maeve, and that was it and we were you know the four of us were sitting in the back row of a small theater um but i thought it was brilliant i just thought it was so well told i i you know i've spoken about the the importance of tone um in in film the the importance of tone and the when you're in the in in the hands of a good director a great director that tone is never something you have to think about because everything just fits and feels right and that was very much the case here so the movie was directed by um kelly freeman craig who seven years ago directed a movie called the edge of 17 um which even by the title you might guess is in similar territory um about a a, a, a girl who is yeah, kind of at that later stage of high school and going through a lot of stuff. I thought that was a. Re- I think that's a really good movie as well. Um, a really nice performance from Woody Harrelson in that movie, and um, I've just gone blank on the the lead actress's name in that. Um, I want to say, Haley. Is it Haley Senfield? Senfield. She was the actress who was in the Coen Brothers' uh, Rooster. Coburn remake um I think it's Haley Seinfeld is it Sen- Senfield anyway you know the one I'm talking about you know if you've seen that Coen Rose movie that was really really good but this one was excellent um and the the actress who played Margaret was a is a actress called Abby Ryder Fortson and she was great she was just really really funny and believable and vulnerable and emotional um and yeah the, i mean the cast throughout was really really good really yeah really kind of believable true characters um and kathy bates was in there too as a uh, as a very involved um <laughs> jewish grandmother and plays her brilliantly cathy bates you kind of can't go wrong she really you know you think of how she broke out with misery all those years ago she is so solid you really don't get a bum note with cathy bates um and yeah my daughter was delighted when i pointed out to her that um cathy bates was the uh, she was the molly brown character wasn't she In, in in james cameron's titanic which has become a favourite movie of Maeve's, but um, yeah, it was interesting to watch that. And obviously, you know, of course, I'm highly aware that I'm watching this, and it's about you know, eleven-year-old or twelve-year-old girls getting their periods and their sort of anxiety around that, their fear, their anticipation, what it represents. And I'm watching that with my daughter, who's nine and a half, so not not quite there yet. Um and I suppose there was potential. I was quite I was very aware that you know this might be something that might um plant a bit of anxiety in in my daughter. Um but it was funny the fact that she'd watched Pixar's turning red last year, which deals with very similar territory in a very different way, um, because it involves giant red pandas. Um and like a family curse but like emotionally it does tap into very similar territory and kind of the mortification and unknowability of that experience uh for you know for a girl to whom it hasn't happened yet and certainly (laughs) for for a father um for whom it's never happened although of course i've been around it through my relationships since i was a young man but um Yeah because my daughter had seen Turning Red it it kind of laid the ground so this wasn't uncharted territory and I think she just took it um, for what it was. I mean at one point she did lean into me because there was a stage in the story where Margaret is really engaging with her sort of religious quest and what her religious identity might be and Maeve leaned into me and said like why have we gone from periods to religion? and i said don't worry i'm sure the periods will come back and uh okay spoiler alert yeah periods do come back but you know it's already a spoiler because that book was written in 1970 and the movie set in 1970 and yeah i i thought it was great i, I thought it was great <laughs> so now i've got you know two of my favorite kind of you know is it a girl movie like i mean ah uh, i was gonna because i'm gonna throw it in there with greta gerwig's uh little women and you know so now i've got two favorites um about you know kind of the young woman experience the young woman perspective um young woman's kind of rites of passage and their wrestles with identity um and womanhood um but just really yeah really well done um and you know couldn't be further couldn't be further from the characters in succession couldn't be further from the characters in american tabloid and i enjoyed each thoroughly i probably was far more far more moved by margaret and her friends in um in are you there god it's me margaret and i don't know if that makes me very sentimental or if it makes me empathetic, or if it just makes me a big sap, a big soppy git. But I think those stories, when they're told well, are very moving. And I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, it's funny. I'm thinking of, I've seen it as a as a karate teacher o- over the years, when you've got stuff and you're, you're working with kids to whom to whom what they're doing is so important um and i'm thinking of karate and maybe karate competitions or karate gradings in particular and you can see with some kids they, they just wear it on their sleeve so much more and you can see how important it is to them um and you can see the pain of failure as well as the sort of exhilaration of success, and I—I I, I mean, I've always found it incredibly powerful, incredibly moving, and you know, to be in the role of—you know—being in the role of teacher or mentor or sensei or whatever the hell it might be, um, and to be in, involved in that—not always directly, sometimes just peripherally, because the, you know that, that that teaching load is spread around um it's you know it's it's a real privilege to be close to that um and i don't know i mean i kind of welcome that i think it's sad if you can't sort of tap into that and and kind of share that kind of energy <laughs> with with a kid when it you know it means so much um yeah i'm I'm just i'm just kind of i'm just kind of looking i'm I'm just looking at my own sort of response to that um like what does it actually mean is it is it empathy is it understanding is it does it mean i'm still maybe it means i'm still very in touch with the child in myself um i mean I, i i i don't i think that's true i don't um i don't really have any issue with that um i can i can relate to adults <laughs> very well also and i think i can relate to kids pretty well but um i think when those to bring it back to the movies like when those stories are told well i think it's um yeah i think it's very powerful and i i i welcome i welcome those stories i think uh yeah i think they're great so, um, so that was good. So that was good. That was a really nice. That was a great night we had. Uh, we really enjoyed the movie. And um, yeah, I I know Maeve was. Uh, <laughs> she was very tired the next day because that was a, a late night. And one final thing, sticking with sticking with my daughter. Last week, I was talking about how I mentioned that Maeve was saying how much she'd like to win a medal. Um, and. I was, I was laughing because she didn't seem particularly, you know, she didn't seem as interested in you know the process. <laughs> she just wanted the achievement. But funnily enough, today I had a little text sent out from the school. Just you know, I get the you know, little the little school news updates, and it was announcing the results of uh, community games competition results for art and writing. And I just kind of scanned through the text and next thing there is Maeve's name and she'd won first prize in her, uh, the art category for girls in her age group. And lo and behold, when I came home today there she was with a lovely gold medal around her neck. And um yeah. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. And when I got the text, I was absolutely delighted for her. I just felt so chuffed for her. Um and yeah it was great she was um she was a bit blasé about it when i came home because she had a pal here um but yeah she was um she was keeping that medal close nonetheless and she was like yeah but it's just for art and i said it doesn't matter it's uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a medal the universe was listening so so there you go Isn't that, is that is that a nice note to end this on i think it is okay i will love you and leave you and uh, i'll be back next week with something else something different something similar another step in the the process so um yeah as always you can throw me some love on social media you'll find the links uh, wherever you're listening to this episode if you want to get involved in a more meaningfully supportive way i shouldn't say more meaningfully because it's not but if you want to throw some money at the podcast that's pretty blunt isn't it um you can this is an independent production um that i do actually put a lot of heart and soul into and it's it is something that i hope will will lead to other things at some point in the future and getting that little investment from a listener it is motivating and it is an affirmation and it does restore my faith that this is not a futile project um and i know it's not a futile project because I get something out of it anyway. But feel free, feel free to support me using the supporter link where you can make a one off contribution or by becoming a patron using the Patreon link. That's patreon.com forward slash the clear out. Uh, otherwise, like, rate, comment, share, subscribe. Um, I'd welcome, I'd welcome the support in whatever form it comes. Okay, that's it. We're done for another week. Please do mind yourselves. Stay safe, okay? All right, take it easy. I'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye.